0: This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of gender expectations placed on children and internalized cisnormativity and heteronormativity. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday I have a night class. Friday we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's
1: still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination.
0: My name is Jen. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out what it is is how people think it is we're doing. Uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? We've got Peter! <laughs> and then we're going to play a game. Hi, Peter. Hi. How's it going? How are you today? I'm
2: I'm good. Just hanging out here with both of you. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we are in your lovely home. Actually, a chock-a-block full of figurines. Sailor Moon is watching over us.
1: Brittany. Brittany's here. She Sailor made Moon
0: is watching over us wherever we
1: are. <laughs> this
2: is so true. Valid. This is so very true. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the queerest room. Yeah. <laughs> the little mermaid poster. Yes. Um, so tell us about you, Peter. Yeah. So, uh, hi everyone. My name's Peter Danzig. I wait am... for
0: them to say hello back. <gasps> <Hi>. now... <laughs>
2: <laughs> now go on. <laughs> yeah. And um, presently, I'm um, finishing up my masters in clinical social work with a specialization in mental health for queer people. Um, and there's a lot of histories. So I just like give a little bit about the whole entire quick journey. Yeah yeah, you can,
0: and, you, let, uh, yeah. yeah, you can. Let's get yeah, yeah. The red carpet.
2: No, um, I worked for 15 years in theater, and then uh, founded a company called Theatrical Trainer, and we work on mental and physical health for artists. So kind of a, a social work lens for the theater community across the United States. And then um, midway through that journey, I realized that I couldn't handle the mental health portion of it, yeah. and it was like mm-hmm. out of my scope of practice. And I was like, I wish I could become a psychologist one day and start that journey. And then I was like, oh, wait, I can do that. <laughs> so um, that's, I'm halfway through that journey right now. I am um, just finished my dissertation on mental health for artists and trauma-informed work with artists. And now I'm about to be launched into the world, and then we shall see where it goes. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's <laughs> yeah. a little bit about about me. Um, if you want to find out more, check out theatricaltrainer.com or peteranguidanzig.com. It's all on there.
0: Yeah. So. I, we met while I was doing a LeBon <laughs> yeah workshop well, like, with Theatrical <laughs> Trainer.
2: <laughs> so I'm like, I feel like I know you, but I'm like, I don't know you, but I know you. <laughs> social media and... <laughs> yeah
0: (laughs) that's the uh, that's the um, trap with Facebook I keep running into where somebody will friend request me Mm. and I'm like have we met or are we both gay
2: yep Mm-hmm. And
0: yes. Mm-hmm. a lot of people, mm-hmm. I still haven't figured out the answer, but we've been <laughs> commenting on each other's posts and lifting each other up, and all of those people, I value you dearly. I just genuinely have a bad memory.
2: <laughs> same, same, where when you run into them and you're like, I don't know your name, but I can't
0: say that, because... I knew your face so well and I know that post Ooh.
2: that you posted that was so like profound for me yeah yeah, We yeah.
1: haven't been in the same room but you share good memes <laughs> yes you do
2: yeah. yep can we insert Celine Dion right now with the window going up because everybody saw that yeah. <laughs> the girl's like singing her heart out and Celine's like hoi you know a mood. the window's slowly going up yeah it's yep. My favorite yep yep favorite yep. one yeah I love
0: Celine <laughs> another queer icon. Yes, yes. Cool, Uh, so lead us through your queer journey. Yeah, yeah,
2: so I was actually really excited about this podcast because I'm kind of exploring that right now. Um, So when I was young, I feel like it starts like way back, um, my mom raised, my mom was a single mom, uh, and she raised me and my brothers with this idea that toys were just toys. So, like, I was very actually confused about gender when I left my house because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she like just had this really, she was an artist. She mm-hmm. still was an artist. Hi, mom. Um, and
0: <laughs> for her to say
2: <laughs> There we go. She's probably commenting on something right now. Don't, don't be so shady, mom. Um, but uh, yeah, so she was, it was just like we had a really inclusive household. Uh, and then uh, around seven or eight, I was I remember being really confused because there were times that she'd say, "Hey, for show and Tell Day, we might want to leave this particular toy at home because I wouldn't understand why the kids would like laugh or chuckle because i I just didn't get it. You right. know? Mm. Um, and then,, um, kind of as I was growing up, I was very fantastical. So I remember, Uh, when they asked what we wanted to be, everybody was like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. And I was just like, I just, I want to be a fish. And so they had the show and tell thing where everybody like wrote a story. And I was like, I think I could be a fish. And that's kind of how theater happened for me a little bit from there. Um, I came out, uh, as gay, identifying at the age of 16 to my friend, Danielle Gearhart. Hi, Danielle. Um, she'll definitely, Wait. <laughs> wait for, she, 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 she she's already, yeah, she's ready. She, um, yeah. So, uh, my parents had moved, my mom had, uh, married my stepfather. His name was Steve and he was also really amazing and, and inclusive of like just everything. Mm. Um, there was just never kind of a dialogue, uh, about that kind of, thing unless it like impacted us negatively in any way like gender um, sexuality my family was just like you do you um so around 16 17 I started kind of having those questions um and going online I went online and I bought this movie called get real um which is i don't don't know know, if i know that oh my gosh it's a british comedy about a boy who falls in love with a football player and the football player is queer they're gay and they like explore and fall in love and then the football player is like no i can't and it's very dramatic um and it was when i bought it off ebay and it came in the mail my dad opened it and my dad was like hey this movie came in. Do you want to talk about it? And he was like, it it seems like it's a gay comedy. And I was like, I don't even know where that came from. And he was like, okay, it's on our credit card. And I was like, but I'll take it. And like, I look back now now and he totally was like, that was like his kind way of not forcing me to talk about this DVD that came in the mail with his credit card. That's
0: amazing. Um, And also is going to be the new, like, does he, you know, Get Real. <laughs> Get Real.
2: Yes. Get Real and Edge of 17. They're very um, 1999, 2000 um, gay mm. underground films. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, around that time, I came out to my friend Danielle uh, at a football game. Because I was, like, you know, very fresh. Mm. Uh, went to college. Um, I was having kind of, like, a, a, a out-of-body experience when you go. My parents were in Bangor, Pennsylvania, which is a very small town. So there was, like you know, two other people who identified as anything but, like, you know, white and cis. Mm -hmm. So when I came to Temple in Philadelphia, it was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Philadelphia, um, a lot. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, through that time, uh, you know, I'm, I identify as genderqueer, you know, now, but, uh, that feels the most, uh, comprehensive because, uh, throughout this coming out journey i just never necessarily felt right at home with mm-hmm. like gay men mm. which was really funny cuz i you know now i'm working in personal training and health and wellness and i'm very fit and people i think i identify with these things but um they're like they just don't they never fit mm-hmm. uh, so now i'm kind of i've always been gender queer has felt like the most authentic but it just that's the way my parents raised us, but they didn't have a word for it. And, like, in college, it was, it, it was like, you were either gay, bi, or questioning. Um, and then when you, you're you gay and you have these interests, everybody's like, oh, so you're, like, femmy. And I was like, what? No, I just, I, I don't know. I don't describe that. You know, I was always very, like, confused about the top or bottom situation, all of that kind of stuff. So mm. um, right now I'm happily married to a cis man named Richie. I think he worked with you. Or you. Or you. Yeah, I was friend. about to say, he no. said, he's like, I know that podcast, it's awesome, i worked with one of And I was like, oh, yeah. And so my husband um, is absolutely wonderful, and yeah, so I'm happily married. yes, long-winded way. I didn't know how to get there, but yeah.
1: That's so lovely. Yeah. That's wonderful.
2: Yeah.
1: Gender queer is such a nice term, because I feel like it's so nice and broad, it can mean mm-hmm. so many things. So I know that, like, also on a gender journey where I'm just like, I have a gender, it's queer, gender queer. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, it feels, um, it feels so explosively awesome because it also kind of breaks these social constructs. Because there's like the parts of my gender in terms of like sexual orientation and the way I identify separately, and then there's also these like predetermined kind of like attributes that people are always kind of feeling like they're, they're rigorously stuck in. And I love the idea of, like, queer as not only for, like, our community, but queering as in straying from, you know, the mass or queering. Mm. and I'm Like, I'm queering that. I'm changing that. I'm changing that binary of whatever that is. And I find that that, that is so awesome. I love the word, the way that it's utilized right now. I think it's mm. good. Some people don't, you know, I've, um, but I but I feel like it's just encompassing also of kind of these... Expectations that we're required to follow outside of our identity, which also feels like not me, mm. you know? Yeah,
0: it's, uh, like, the queer, like, when it comes to queer theory mm-hmm. does so much of that, where it's, like, if, if you're defining queer now, it's primarily based in, like, are they in the LGBTQIA community plus? Um, and then, like, if you look at queer theory, it's, like, do they, like, do they like this thing in bed? Or do they like that yeah. thing?
2: Or like, like, do you yeah. like oranges or apples? Most of the population likes apples, but it has nothing to do with like yeah. LGBTQ <laughs> people at all. And that's, that's what I kind of like about it, though. Yeah.
0: Like, mm. in queer theory, it's like, are you doing something different? Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. You're queering free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've come
2: full circle. We have come yeah. full circle. Yeah. And
0: it's like, while that... Uh, very very broad definition doesn't always fit what it is like we're trying to do in terms of like political it is really nice like the current trend in everybody trying to deviate the, from the norm of what yeah. we think romance and sex looks like because mm-hmm. we're like mm. oh no we don't have to be doing the same shit our parents did weird <laughs>
2: yeah and it's also I should be mentioning that like I am really thinking about a dialogue I just had with my mom about like so my father passed a couple months ago and my mom and me were having this dialogue just this past week when she came to visit about just being like a woman as she identifies um and like the world now and it's kind of nice to have a term there. like oh we're both queer in some ways. my mom's like I don't do like I I have never been one to like have to dress up in this way and please mm. a man and use my but she's like she's always been like fuck that and I was like mom that's very queer from like a cisgendered standpoint you know like right. you know she's she did not attribute to any of that ever she ran her household she called the shots cool. on her body her look her you know and she's unapologetic about it um mm-hmm. yeah and so like it's kind of nice to have this term that we can also help cis people understand the ways that they want to deviate from oppressive structures yeah But while also being like, but, like, this part of it's mine.
1: (laughs) Yes. yes.
2: yes. You don't get a parade. You do not get a parade. (laughs) Right? Right? It's
1: like like polyamory. Very queer. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's outside of the 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 typical concept of societal monogamy and all that. However, when someone takes like national coming out day to be like, I am s I'm s I'm a straight man, but a polyamorous straight man, I'm like, you could do this another day.
2: Can you could you do this any other day. I'm proud
1: of you. It is important to come out, because that's a scary thing to do. Not today though. You could <laughs> do this October twelfth
0: through October tenth of the next. You have to October eleventh is night.
2: You know, and but it's always th- that it's always that guy who's like, Yeah, I'm you know, polyamorous until I find the right one to be monogamous so we're like so you're just dating <laughs> yup <laughs> like it's like the conversation I've had where people are like I'm, I'm polyamorous like I sleep with a row. I'm like oh that's great so you follow like what's your, what's your what's your situation do you feel like sharing um, and they'll be like yeah I'm just like dating a bunch of people and sleeping with them until I pick one I'm like do you have a primary or secondary they're like well one will be primary when I marry them I'm like so you're just dating you're not polyamorous like these people don't know about each other and approve of it and have some kind of collective no. feeling of happiness and wealth and, and, and whatever it might be and they're like right. no they can't know about each other I'm like
1: okay Ooh. <laughs> red flag <Yeah. laughs> oh you um, don't know what that word
2: means i know i'm well, <laughs> like therapist talk i'm always like let's explore that <laughs> <laughs> I can't say what I can't eye roll here, so I'll just say let's explore that. Yeah, let's, right. explore, let's explore well, that. Let's explore that, for explore eye that roll. means you fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> as a therapist, I'm like let's explore that is more my way of being like let's let's sit here for a
1: minute. <laughs> let's sit in what you just said. <laughs> we do have time to unpack all of
0: that. So. <laughs> Uh, cool, so switching gears, uh, before we started recording, uh, you were telling us about a project that you're working on that relates to children's objects. Yeah. To, like, let's get into it. I'm going to like hand
2: this, to, like, you can pass it around, but I thought um, I'd talk about this. So um, there's this book called My Gender Workbook by Kate um, Barnstein, and I had actually found it through um, some contacts at Mazzoni, but what really interested me is I do a lot of research on toy theory, what I'm calling toy theory, so hopefully I'm going to, you know, explore this more in the future, but um, it's the way that small objects that we create creativity and imagination with help us to define our internal and external world. Mm. There has been theory on, like, child play and adult play, i.e. we call it theater, okay. um, <laughs> which I have my own theory about that. We should talk about creepy people in theater in a minute, but um, <laughs> I have so much to say about my... But anyway, um, I found this book and it just really sparked this dialogue on the, uh, the ways that throughout my life I've thought about gender. And on the cover of the book, if you look at it, um, there's a Barbie doll type um, doll with the face blurred out. Um, in lingerie, and then the bottom half is um, a Ken doll um, with short shorts, oh, and then the shadow me. is very ominous because it, it's like it's very not gendered. The shadow, and the and the book is a, it, it's a, um, a comp. It looks like a comp kids book. A pink composition pink, comp, book. Yep. Yeah, I need about. to buy this immediately. <laughs> it's it's the best book, and so I read through it, and it made me realize. Um, I read it this summer, and I had this epiphany that I finally had a workbook to work through all of my shit. Mm-hmm. Like, as a therapist, you would help other people. And as a trainer, I really come up with that a lot as well. A theatrical trainers like, gender identity and um, social structures and your own tactile body. And this book um, helped me to go through it. And then I looked, you know, on the internet, and I was like, okay, there must be workshops. There must be... And nobody was doing workshops on adults and their memories and attachment to toys. Mm. So I, when my dad died, I started going through all my old stuff and holding it and remembering a lot of these great, fond memories of him, Um, but a lot of them were about helping me figure out my gender. The memories all attached to him were moments when I felt awkward about whatever it was that I was engaging with, and surrounding myself with, and my dad normalizing it. So, like, giving me a kiss at school like the you other know, dads wouldn't I used to be like dad stop it he'd be like I want when mom gives you a kiss why can't I and I was like because boys don't kiss boys you know or like he'd buy me this doll and I'd like hide it he'd be like why are you hiding that and I would feel so awkward and it wasn't coming from him so like these remembering all those memories though brings up current thoughts of gender too where I like inadvertently will like wear something and like maybe put a jacket over it. Mm. Like sub yeah. like microaggressions on myself. Yes. So I started this, um, I'm, I'm starting this workshop. That I'm going to pilot and then hopefully it goes well. Uh, and I want to work on the ways that we explore gender with queer people. Um, a really good example is, uh, you know, c- cisgendered gay men and like Barbie dolls. It's so a mm-hmm. great way. What does that bring up for you? Or, um, some of my clients who are like, you know, tr- who are in the trans community and like had an affinity for a certain kind of toy were told no Mm -hmm. and then once they have transitioned being able to actually have that toy like what happens if you say like I always dreamed of having the red fire truck and we give you the red fire truck like you don't have to be a child what does it feel like to hold that what comes up for you what are you experiencing how is that manifesting now and people tactile objects related to our um, growth and orientation really affect us and this sense of nostalgia brings us back in time. So I'm hoping to do that, and then um, I'll a Theatrical Trainer uh, start maybe a nonprofit that would explore this with other organizations, with intersections of other industries, ways that we can less you know, oppress our colleagues and staff and normalize gender exploration in the workplace, mm-hmm. looking at your practices and how are they like keeping people feeling marginalized, um, how can we allow even, like, cis people to explore their gender and, you know, feel really comfortable with who they are or have this moment? Like, what about that straight CEO, even? Um, mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but who wanted a Barbie doll? He's as cis as the day can be, but he really wanted it. What would happen if you give that to him? Yeah. And empower him to put that in his office and then have other, you know, cis men challenging this idea of femininity as weakness, which is not the case, and we all know that, right. you know, but... Yeah, so that's kind of where I am right now. I'm uh, three months out till graduation and exploring how to make that happen.
1: That's so awesome. I, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm definitely now like just overthinking about every toy I was a kid and felt <laughs> struggling about. <laughs> yeah. What was your favorite toy? Ah, uh, I don't know about a favorite, oh, but I just keep thinking about how I got all of my brother's hand-me-down action figures. Yeah. And it was a lot of like aliens and predators and like space marines. And it explains a lot. <laughs> does
2: it? <laughs> it does. You know. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. that's just kind of what I'm interested in and helping people explore through that. I think we forget to play. I really do. Like, adults forget to play. Mm-hmm. And playing for us now is boiled down to like a bubble bath, and we um, talk about self care in that way and like chilling with a drink. But that's not really play that's relaxation technique. Like yeah. where's that engagement I think
1: that might be also be like going into like theater I feel like performers do get to play a little bit yeah for and, sure and non-performers sort of like judge us for playing I feel like because the amount of times I've had people be like oh you just get to play dress up or like oh <sighs> you, you have like an easy job you get to just like do children's theater. And I'm like, you've never
2: done children's theater.
0: First <laughs> <in> the <world." laughs> you the first
2: it is the most fulfilling when a child's life is changed. But then that is the worst job in the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Different For, shows for different, me. different. for me. Modes. Yeah. yeah, different yeah shows. I, I did not enjoy 8am touring performances huh. um, as an actor. It was just, I was not thrilled about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, like you see all of those um, different, uh, uh, like, uh, corporate things where they're like, oh, we're gonna do improv, like, with, we're gonna oh bring something into improv with the, cor-. and they're like, whoa, what's the zip, zap, zap? I'm clapping at work. It's like, yeah, like, like imagination's fun. Like, <laughs> but we still need that. Yeah, the, the, they get so
1: freaked out about the idea of playing a game. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. There's like this performative nature about it, too, where they're like, very much like, wearing their like, what I call drag isn't not the way that we look at drag, but they're right. like their drag, at work. They're unfun like drag. Yeah, <laughs> unfun drag, completely unfun drag. Yeah.
1: Yes, and then you catch them off guard, and they're
0: like really good at it, and then they're like, oh, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> just gotta cloak it in twelve shades of irony. Like, You're just learning basic problem solving. I'm sorry. <laughs> and
1: as someone who works with like preteens, I can see when that mask develops, uh, and it's a bummer. It yeah. Sucks. Cool. Uh, it sounds yeah. so bad. Yeah. Bummer. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I have this theory about theater kids and queer theater kids. Do it. Um, so this might <laughs> blow everybody's mind. Maybe not. Maybe everybody already had this um, idea already. But I thought about the reason that I ended up in theater. And I like traced it back when I was exploring my identity. And mm. so as a queer person, the theater kids are usually like, yeah, so you know and then right. that space is really inclusive and creative mm-hmm. and then you love it and then you immerse yourself in it because mm-hmm. the typical rest of the high school experience for queer people can tend to be really oppressive um it was awful for me growing up and then you love it so much that they're like what do you want to be and i literally remember getting a paper my guidance counselor was like you can be like a psychologist or a therapist or a mental health professional or an actor and I was like I love theater so (laughs) I went to temple and then I got my master's um from Villanova and I realized at the end of my master's I was like oh I didn't want to be a full-time actor I really only knew theater because that's the thing that made me feel most accepted. Mm. And I talked to a lot of people who are queer actors. And then when you're going out there and you're like, I'm unadulterated me. And they're like, Oh, you're not like masculine enough for this role. And I'm like, well, I don't want to play that role. I really want to play Ophelia. And they're like, but you can't. And you're like, well then what, is, what can then I do? Then what play? the fuck are we doing? Yeah. That? And then they're like, well, you, you there's some gay plays, you know? And you're like, I don't, I
1: don't want to play. And the three of us put on Hamlet. Sorry. Yeah, right, is, like, right. Really oh my track, gosh. But like please? I want that very oh, badly. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like talked to so
2: many queer uh, theater artists who don't leave the profession fully but are like, oh, it was so confusing for me because as I was figuring out my identity, of mm-hmm. course I'm going to gravitate and then in school when you study psychology you realize the brain doesn't develop till you're 27. So of course asking me at 18 I was going to be like, yes, I want to be a full-time actor. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: For sure. I
1: do have an important question about your theatrical career yeah did you ever get to be a fish (laughs) i did
2: oh that's okay good okay i got to be a fish i did i did get to be a fish it was Uh, quite crucial that i got to be a fish the
0: nation's size and i know we are (laughs) so okay yeah but yeah i there's so much now that i am aware that i am non-binary where i think back to like when i was first starting off like in middle or high school as a performer and like Cause like I've always presented myself like a little androgynously, so then like I would be cast as a boy a lot, and I was like, oh haha, I mean I don't mind being cast as a boy. That's (laughs) if you want to do that, then like that's (laughs) fine. Don't even worry. And I didn't fucking unpack that until a decade later. Uh, I'm like an idiot. (laughs) Yep,
2: we're like, and I just paid forty thousand dollars for a degree to figure out that I like this full time. (laughs) Not yeah. the plays embodying my truth. Yeah. Shit, I just paid Temple 40 grand yeah. to embody my truth. Yeah. I mean,
0: granted, I still, like, am a, yeah. try Try to be a full-time actor, it lol. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but, like, it's so fucking funny where I'm like, CJ, you could have just been every gender this whole time. Yes. You fucking idiot. <laughs> you didn't have to be on a stage, and you didn't have to have somebody telling you that you could be a boy for a couple of weeks and then it's over. You could just do it.
2: You could just wait. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: As as a as a I don't know, tomboy, quote
1: unquote, <laughs> for a long time and then someone who just became more fluid with time. The idea of like the place where the weird kids get to go and play mm-hmm. and you get to be a new person every day. I'm like, I want that yeah.
2: <laughs> me, that yeah it feels um, and I still same I still perform ironically it's like I always feel like such an asshole saying this but like I had no problem making a living as an actor mm-hmm. like because I was just so unadulteratedly like not attached to actually like performing in that way where it was life or death for me mm-hmm. so like people get really nervous about auditions and I would just walk in because like and do the thing and leave and then book it because I think they were like, this person's so calm and relaxed, but because, yeah, because I like, Teach didn't care. something oh, you changed me. <laughs> <I> mean, change <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah. Now, now though, when there's like a genderqueer character, I'm like, <laughs> oh, because, oh, yeah, sakes. because I would go to these auditions and I'd be like, oh, here's like, cis Italian guy and I'm, I'm Cuban, <laughs> but I look very Italian, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so these things didn't really matter to me, mm. um, but I remember the auditions that felt, worrisome for me were the ones where it was like for the gay and lesbian theater festival mm-hmm. or um a, a, a queer character in many ways um or even like getting called in for a latino or latinx character mm-hmm. i would feel very very comfortable because that is what's authentic to me and that's when i'd get nervous but these right. other characters i'd book these shows and everybody like yay and i was like it's it didn't feel right because i really wanted to go in and just be who i was mm-hmm. And so I that's what came out of kind of graduate school for me was I was like, I don't wanna make this kind of theater, I don't wanna make this kind of world, but I wanna make a, a world that's more equitable for artists as a whole. Yeah. To be as queer as they want to be. You know? I like and I really don't like this way that we are like gender gender blind. I'm like, we don't shouldn't be gender blind. How about you have the sight and you think differently? Yeah. Like the same with, with we don't hopefully um, people aren't saying colorblind anymore. Um, You (laughs) (laughs) shouldn't be. They are. They are. Casting, they're like, we're we're colorblind casting. Like, actually, you should see (laughs) color in a positive way and change your casting practices to be just inclusive of everything that is in front of you mm. yeah. um, it's not like ignoring it like you shouldn't ignore it and I feel that way about a lot of plays where people are like look we put in this we're, we, we, we threw this character in here or we we changed up we made this character a woman and I'm like that character has one line yeah. and they like, come through like a townsperson they're like don't buy that and then you're like, yeah, yay? <laughs> she was yeah. a woman. She was a, was a woman. woman, yay! You know. I
1: feel like every time there's a thing that's like we're, like, we're doing gender blind casting, it's Ugh. to give um, a woman a traditionally male role,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a smaller one where they get to seem like a boss, and that way they're like, we're also being feminist. <laughs> yep. Oh,
2: how many boxes can we check? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hundred yeah. percent. <laughs> yep.
0: yep. Uh, so what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to talk about it again?
2: Oh my gosh. You know what I would like to... Okay, this is very personal, but I'm like really salty about it. Do it. Um, yes, yes, yes. Short shorts are okay. I'm like in my dog cages. I play on my <laughs> arms, everyone. Um, short shorts are for everyone. Yes. Yeah. I cannot explain the amount of times that I, like, wear shorts and, like, literally will get, like, gawked at as if I'm, like, bleeding out of my body by people in Center City because yeah. they are above, like, my cab. Like, I don't get it. They're really, shorts. They're shorts. <laughs> they are shorts. And I know this sounds, like, there's much bigger things to tell cis people, but it's, like, a high annoyance because it's, like, I feel so uncomfortable. Like, because I, like, will just wear these shorts, you know, which are workout shorts. That's, I'm running from job to job, and, like, people will, like, stop and stare. I'm like, short shorts. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) What if if people, like, minded their own business? Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Honestly. Also, clothing doesn't have gender. Exactly. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I, oh, so, like, the past couple of months, I've started, like, wearing my facial hair, like, Regularly, um, this looks <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, but the amount of people who will just like stare at it, and I'm like, can I fucking help you? Like, it's not my fault you perceive me as a woman. Yeah, <laughs> right. First of all, and then they'll fucking she her me, and I'm like, well, I wasn't going for that
2: either. Oh my god, <laughs> like, this gosh. is a
0: mess. Stop perceiving me.
2: It's so abrupt and, like, Mm. vicious. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a weird stare. It makes you feel like you're, I don't know, it's like, ugh.
0: Just mind your, bit. like, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. Just care about yourself. (laughs) Literally,
2: those are the people who are, like, wearing, like, I don't know, the most oppressive things in the world. You know, like, they'll be wearing these, like very rude things. that are like, women staying your lane, essentially. Yeah. Like, you know, they'll wear a t-shirt with that, but I can't wear short shorts. You know? mm mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Get it together. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Peter, yeah. what is on your gay agenda?
2: Oh, my gay agenda. Um, well, uh, right now, actually, I'm really passionate about, um, trans-affirming surgeries for women of color. I know that you've had a lot of people probably speak to this on the podcast, but as a therapist right now, um, it's just being the gatekeeper for that where I don't feel the need to or there's no, where I don't feel Mm. these people need to ask a therapist's opinion. Unless there's, I'm Mm -hmm. putting this in here, um, unless there is a mental illness where they don't feel grounded in making their choice. But if we're slapping people um, with gender dysphoria as a diagnosis but they don't really have gender dysphoria, they actually know their gender, they feel it, they honor it, and Mm -hmm. we have gender dysphoria as a society, uh, I don't feel that there should be this rigorous, very expensive, painful process for them to uh, have what they need and then typically trans women of color have less access to a lot of resources and I feel very passionate about that just because I look at it as a a real problem in America right now. Uh, So my gay agenda is really just looking at ways that we can fight managed care Mm -hmm. uh, and that we can also really start um, looking at mental health in a way that doesn't come from social structures that actually comes from, you know, psychopathology and neurobiology and looking at tr- real mental health issues and then not slapping people with mental health issues because we're uncomfortable mm. with their presentation. And to me, it feels like it's still too intertwined.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking personally, uh, I have been in the market for top surgery <laughs> in, in a cursory way. And a lot of the Places I'm trying to get, and like my health insurance as well require a letter from a therapist. I'm not currently seeing a therapist, and I know I need to for separate reasons, yeah. but yeah. I can't imagine going to a therapist to be like, I want my boobs to be gone. It's not a problem. I just need them to not be here anymore. Can you sign a letter? <laughs> that? And like, it's now putting a lot of pressure on me to go find a therapist in a very short amount of time who will recognize my non-binary gender identity and write a letter that says that I'm not struggling with it, I just need something to help me present as such. Yeah. And it's like, this is not a healthy way for people to seek a therapist. No. Like, a, ther- like yes, a exactly. the relationship 100%. between like a therapist and their client is so oh. personal. Like, you need to find the right person for you. Forcing people to rush that relationship in order to get a letter is fucking stupid. Yep. I could type a letter saying yep. that I'm
2: not binary <laughs> It's not that th- you're You're like hitting it nail on the head. Um, the therapeutic relationship is like I value being a, a therapist and like, you know, hopefully one day a psychologist studying like the macro concepts of all of this. Like I think that we are really destroying the roles of therapists by clients searching out therapy for just that letter yeah um and then also it's like really pathologizing in a mental health way for them to have to ask for that letter for somebody to be like i don't i don't want to be the gatekeeper for your happiness yeah and also sometimes we write those letters as null and void anyway and that's the problem is mm-hmm. because um you know the, you can write the best letter in the world but then sometimes you have to like slap somebody with a diagnosis that um you may not agree with and they may not agree with but it will get them what they need because okay but then those things follow you yeah they follow you and um for me what would have but they we our society would have no problem if you said i want to put like you know if i want to put something in my breast to make them bigger yeah that, that would go like that yeah there's like you literally you don't need anything, don't from anything. but if we want to reduce that and we also reduce them for um other reasons like when people are having back pain or um yeah. when things like like, like we reduce it for other kinds of pain. So if your breasts are causing you any kind of emotional pain, I think that we should honor that if there is no mental illness that you have outside of that experience right. that like, you know, you're having a hard, that that's making decision making that's so epic, a hard one where you might want to wait for a minute and just tease everything out and feel stable. But like, if if you're having emotional pain, it's, to yeah. me, it's no different than if somebody's having back pain from their breasts, their are I think that they should have what they need to affirm who they are and and live a high quality of life. Mm, yeah. Oh, just, it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart so much. <laughs> oh, so <yeah. laughs>
0: Well, let's lighten the energies yeah. with a game from Jen.
1: Ooh, I love oh, games. It's me, your campy counselor, here with today's game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was uh, inspired by reading about your company, Theatrical Trainer, Ooh. and I thought, uh, we haven't talked a lot about, like, fitness
2: yeah, agenda.
1: So I put together a little quiz game called LGBT.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it so much.
1: Uh, And uh, so the way this game is going to work is I'm going to give a clue that describes an exercise move. Um. I don't know (laughs) know what (laughs) else you would call that. (laughs) But they also correlate with One of the letters in the acronym LGBTQIA. And it's going to be alliterative. So, for example, if I said, uh, in this exercise, unlike a sit-up, the lower back stays on the floor, and unlike an allosexual exercise, (laughs) you experience no sexual attraction, then the answer would be asexual abdominal crunch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fail all of these. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um... I embrace it. Let's do it.
1: I, I constantly throw a CJ under this bus. They don't help me make the quiz, so they don't know the answers, so they can be a lifeline. I can also provide hints.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm not going to go in the order of the acronym, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that right. would be
0: easy.
2: Yeah. That's how I was like...
1: All right. Oh, we'll go we'll go start with this it. one, though. Um, when one leg is positioned forward with knee bent and foot flat on the ground while the other leg is positioned behind, for exercise... Or for a woman proposing to her girlfriend after they've been dating for like three months and already moved in together and got a cat.
2: Lesbian lunge. Lesbian lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Is
0: that right? Yes. Ah!
2: So <laughs> you're already crushed. I'm like, I'm like so excited. Okay. I feel um, like we can use these in fitness. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. A
1: vertical jump in which you raise your knees to your chest as you rise into the air and realize that you aren't the gender you were assigned at birth. Oh. Ooh.
2: Are typically knee highs. (laughs) Gender non conforming (laughs) knee
1: highs. (laughs) That is a solid guess. (laughs) It's not what I'm looking for. What is that? Trans tuck jump. Oh. Which is
2: also fun wordplay. God
0: damn it. (laughs) That needs to be the title of your
2: episode. (laughs) The title of your episode. That's
0: your name.
1: (laughs) <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, this one's tough because I didn't know this was the name of an exercise. Well, I don't know anything about exercise, so that doesn't mean anything. Anyway, <laughs> A weight training exercise in which the movement in the back muscles resembles rising out of bed after spending the night with your partner of the same gender to stretch.
2: Mm, say that again. This is, oh goodness, this is like a bad.
1: A weight training exercise in which the movement in the back mu- muscles resembles rising out of bed. After spending the night with your partner of the same gender, to stretch.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: When would you do this kind of stretch?
2: In the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm. (sighs) Say it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like determined to get this one.
1: A weight training exercise in which the movement in the back muscles resembles rising out of bed... To stretch after spending the night with your partner of the same gender, <laughs> like it's like,
2: gay sit up.
0: I
1: <laughs> Would you like the answer? Yes, it we're is
2: gonna... uh, a gay good morning.
1: Oh, okay.
2: It's so funny because as you're doing this, we have we me and my clients joke about this. I will give them an exercise to do, and they'll mm-hmm. like Google the the American Council on exercise, and there will be four names for it. So I've never even heard of like a good like I've never. I'm like, there's the same name for a sit-up. Like, it's like oh. six different names. That's why I'm like, this is a very hard game. I
1: found this list that was like every exercise name and it was in alphabetical order and I was like, perfect. <laughs> like I went to G and it was like, good morning. And I'm like, how is that an I exercise? I was
2: Yeah. I'm like, what is a good morning? All
1: right. Got three more for
2: you. And I'm here for it.
1: All right. Uh, this is another weight training one. Uh, an upper body weight training exercise in which the trainee, who has sex characteristics outside of the standard male-female binary, presses a weight upwards while lying on equipment set at an angle.
2: Gender non-conforming chest press.
0: I think I know this line. Close. Yes. yes. Is it intersex incline? Yes. <laughs> what? That was amazing! <laughs> intersex
1: incline bench press. Ooh, yes.
2: Ooh. So I nice, need, like, like a bandus.
1: <laughs> Alright, two more. Alright, my favorite.
2: (laughs) I already got the first one. It's been downhill since.
1: (laughs) No, you're doing great. An exercise in aerobic and strength training in which you begin in a standing position, move into a squat position with your hands on the ground, kick your feet back into a plank position while keeping your arms extended, immediately return your feet into squat position where you consider your attraction to two or more genders. Bye,
2: Burby. (laughs) <laughs>
1: <That's funny. laughs>
2: yeah. i was like i was gonna say it halfway through it before you guys like my burpee i got the one <laughs> all
1: right all right final one uh just really any exercise that'll stretch out the muscles on the front of the thigh i want to keep it vague and open-ended because like it's just a really nice umbrella term for everything outside of cisnormative leg stretches you know Queen. <laughs> cool.
2: Queer leg extensions.
0: Is it close? Queer quads.
1: Queer quads. Yeah, queer quads. Queer quadriceps stretches. (laughs) Queer quads. (laughs) Queer quads. (laughs) 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 And that is LGBT. Thank you so much for playing. (laughs) Nailed it. That was a
2: good game. I like really want to play that with the queer like trainers that I know.
0: Hell yeah! This is a good. That's a good game. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the podcast thanks for here. having me is there anything you would like to plug
2: um, yeah so uh, check com out for updates uh, after I finish kind of piloting this workshop hopefully it'll be offered for free to Philadelphia members to just take part in uh, A. to give us experience engaging with it and also just to help Philadelphia just have a little bit more mental health access so um, check out the website you know, you can like me on social media. I post a lot of free workshops, both for physical health and mental health on there as well. So, thank you both for having me. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> uh,
1: if you want to tweet exercise <laughs> names at me, I'm on Twitter <laughs> sure. at underscore glitter goblin underscore. I don't know. Apparently, there's some weird ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can find my gay agenda on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um on Apple Podcasts, if you give us a rating, that'd be terrific. A comment is also very nice. I like reading those every once in a while to so just raise my spirits. Um on Spotify, if you uh follow us, then Spotify will let you know when we've got a new episode up, which is always very helpful. Um we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. Our handle there is Gay Agenda Cast. And you can also join us on Patreon, like Tiny Snail and Rachel. Big stretch Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, until next time, put
1: this on your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself.
2: Wear short shorts. <laughs>
1: wear short shorts, yeah yeah. yeah! yeah, wear short shorts. Or whatever makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our gay agenda.
0: Actually, Um, I forgot that's for the remote recordings. We all have the same microphones, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help me in any way to do that, so let's just go for it. Maybe it helps me. (laughs) (laughs) You can count down if you want.